Hello, and welcome to episode four of season two of Love Most, the podcast with Dea, brought to you by Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcasting Network. When I thought of my podcast as a concept, I saw no separation amongst us. I wanted to connect with people and help connect those people with you. Love Most, the podcast with Dea is an inclusive platform where I get to speak with people from all walks of life that are doing incredible things to help impact their immediate communities or the world around them in some way, via book, a product, a service, and even a podcast. When you love most, you include, not exclude. Love is not just a feeling. It is a decision, a choice, and an action. And in a world where there is so much bullying, public shaming, and judging, I am inviting you today to, above all things, love most. Now, I have an incredible show for you today, and I would love to just get started. How are you helping change the world around you? Welcome to Love Most, the podcast with Dea, where you are invited to share your gifts and to, above all things, love most. Brought to you by Dea Music Ministry. For more information on how to be a guest, please visit www.deamusicministry.net. That's www.deamusicministry.net. Hi, it's so good to see you. So much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, before we start, first of all, happy International Women's Day. And to women all over the world. Absolutely. But before we start, what I would love to do is to give a little intro and let people know a little bit more about you. So first of all, everyone, please welcome um, the founder and CEO of VV Global Partners. She's also known as the brand architect, the lovely and gorgeous Virgilia Virjogi. So here she is. So I'm going to read a little bit about you before we start the interview so people can get to know you a little more about the amazing things that you do. I'm so You're so impressive. So I'm really excited to have you here on the show today. So for starters, you're multilingual. It says here that you speak English, Romanian, French, and German. It says you're a multi, multiple award-winning global brand strategist, media contributor, an author with a portfolio that includes world-renowned fashion brands such as Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, Saks Fifth Avenue, and Norma Kamali, and startups in New York City, Berlin, Silicon Valley, wellness and beauty, aesthetics, real estate, and luxury sector integrated with media and tech. Your company, VV Global Partners, is based in New York City, and it is connecting brands with consumers in an authentic and value-oriented way. And we're going to go a little deeper into that during the interview. 
As a talk show host on IG Live, you feature entrepreneurs, artists, and athletes. You have been featured in The Edonist, The Metropolitan, Thrive Global, and you also have been a writer and content strategist for The Edonist for over four years. You are the author of the book, The Quest of the American Dream, that was published on July 4th of 2015. Your international studies in German and Romanian include a degree from the International Graduate, Pro Graduate Program in Political Economics and a major with a BA in Foreign Language and Linguistics, as well as a few prestigious scholarships. You're a multiple award winner from implementing, for implementing innovative branding and selling strategies for Dolce & Bagan and Gabbana at Saks Fifth Avenue. So very, very impressive. Thank you so much again for being here with me today. And I'm just very humbled. I didn't realize you will read all those because it's so interesting to me. I see myself as a global citizen of the world and for people. Those are just a bonus, right? Your sound is going a little bit in and out. It's just a little technical difficulty. Are you on the headphones? Uh, if I take my headphones. Yeah, we can hear you. Yes. Sometimes with the Bluetooth that happens, the sound goes in and out. If you could put your volume just a little bit more, then that would be great. While we wait for uh, the sound to um, play again, we are chatting with multi-award winning uh, global brand strategist, Virgilia Vichjogi. She is a, um, a brand strategist and a personal branding coach, as well as a show host and an author, a published author. Uh, and the name of her book is The Quest uh, for the American Dream. Virgilia, you're a little frozen on my end. Give us a second. I'm gonna try re-adding to the stream. Oh, she might have to sign back on. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but that's okay. So I wanted to actually, while she comes back, what I'm going to do, for those of you who are watching, I'm going to read a quote that she wrote, and I'm going to actually possibly repeat this quote towards the end of the broadcast. Um, and this is what she says. She says, oh, you're back. I was just about to, to read a quote that you wrote, but I'm going to wait because I was going to read this quote at the end. So now that you're back, we'll go back to, we'll pick up from where we left off. No problem. Okay. So, so um, let me, let's do this. Let's get started. So did we fix the sound? Can you test it? I want to make sure I can hear you. It's breaking up a little bit. I'm not sure why. Better without the headphones. Yeah, I can definitely hear you now. Okay, and I can hear you perfectly as well. So, wow, we had all kinds of difficulties. This interview better be amazing. That is okay. It's going to be amazing. This is what I always say when you are in show business and you're dealing with cameras and technology, things like this happen, but no worries at all. We're going, it's going to be amazing. You are amazing. Again, thank you for joining today. So let's get started. The very first thing that I wanted to start with, and we're going to get into the branding aspect of the interview, but I couldn't have helped to notice that you have an impeccable sense of style. 
and, and the way that you dress and the way that you present yourself to your audience. And I like to say that I see a combination of boldness and versatility. And I have two questions for you concerning that. One of them is, when did you be first become interested in fashion? So, Adea, I'm coming from an ex-communist country. We didn't have TV or anything, nor access to travel. However, I grew up with a very stylish mother. Uh, my mother was a beauty queen, I would say. She was blonde with green eyes, and she used to create the most incredible hairstyles I've ever seen. Right now, you maybe see at the Oscars those type of hairstyles. And she used to wear lipstick even when she was gardening or cooking for us. Uh, she was very stylish, definitely. With the little that she had, considering that we were not, we did not have access to fashion, international fashion at the time, she was truly a beauty queen. And I believe I grew up thinking that this is how you are supposed to be. To these days, I wear red lipstick even when I cook or go grocery shopping, because that's how I grew up. And I believe us, uh, when we are children, we emulate what yes. we see. Absolutely. So my next question to you, um, and this could be a yes or no answer if you don't want to do, give the long answer. Uh, would you say that the fashion has become a part of your personal brand, both as a global brand strategist and a personal branding coach? Um, what are your thoughts about that? Yes, I uh, remember when um, I actually got approached by someone at Versace. I was strolling on Fifth Avenue wearing a red it's called the diaper dress by Norma Kamali. And I was wearing a big bun and someone from inside of the store came outside and said, you should work for us. Oh, so man. I would say fashion uh, motivates me to, it puts a smile on my face every day. It's part of who I am. It, I believe it's just the way I was born to wear colors. I'm a very mm -hmm. vibrant personality and fashion is, I would say just an element that complements who I am inside. Absolutely. It's not a vanity element, mm -hmm. it's just definitely an ally of my personality. Absolutely. I definitely see it as an extension of you. Um, and the way that I that I perceive that is because I see how natural it comes to you. It's, um, it, it's absolutely effortless for you. I mean, you could put anything on and still look fashionable. That's your natural way of being. So moving on to your, what your bio says, and it states that your company, VV Global Partners, which is based in New York City, is, and I want to quote this, it says, a quote, connecting brands with consumers in an authentic value-oriented by lever uh, value-oriented way by leveraging her, meaning you, three-step branding accelerator uh, method. And I wanted you to share with us what is the three-step branding accelerator method. So there, when I was working with high-end fashion brands like Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, and tech companies in Silicon Valley, it didn't matter what company I was working with, whether it was technology company or fashion, I identify a void in the market. When branding strategies are very powerful, but the business model has a little void or a miscalculating element, it doesn't matter how phenomenal the branding strategies are. You are not able to sustain a successful business. So the reason I created this three-step method, the first moment when I sit down with a client, we are starting with the business model. So the business strategies are the fundamental element, I would say core element of the way I drive my consulting business. First, 
We analyze the business model. We identify the projected revenue. We identify, I would say, voids in the way the operational system is organized, the teams are operating, and where changes can be implemented in order to increase revenue. Once okay. we set the foundation, the second step is branding strategies. In my view, business strategy and the business model has to be perfectly aligned with branding strategies in order to create a revenue generating product or company. So it's a perfect, it should be a perfect marriage. A perfect marriage doesn't exist, but in this case, we need it. And the third element is strategic partnerships. I'm a firm believer that uh, non-competitive strategic partnerships can create not only tremendous revenue, but even more so very organic marketing uh, outreach and probably enlarge the audiences by bringing into the equation different communities and audiences and targeting a specific goal. So those are the three core elements, the three-step method. And I would say now, the more we evolve into the digital era when, which, with what happens in the world, personal branding becomes an, a part of this three-step method. You can no longer create, um, I would say, communities unless as a leader of the brand or organizational brand, you take uh, leadership and connect with your consumers, with your audiences, with your clients' base. Absolutely. It makes so much sense. Now, let me ask you this. If someone hires you, let's talk about personal branding, because I know when it comes to branding, whether it's a company, a product, a service, you know, the personal branding to me, it's always front and center because obviously is you are your business card, right? So how does this work? Let's say somebody approaches you and is in need of developing a personal brand. Walk us through the process. What do you do? So first, I have 30 questions that I designed specifically just to know to get the person who they are, their core elements, their skill set, their expertise and credibility. There is a big difference between expertise and credibility. Our hobbies are not our expertise or skill set. And sometimes when I sit down with entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs, they're so creative and they want to be everything, right? Mm -hmm. Our expertise has to be defined by the core elements of our skill set, education, passion. Credibility is basically the proof of concept. If we don't have credibility, we cannot claim expertise. Unfortunately, we do see this happening across all social media platforms, but true experts, they do have credibility and proof of concept. So first, we write down everything, who we are, what we stand for, and the value that we are providing to the consumers, audiences, and communities, and of course, expertise versus credibility. The second element we identify image-wise who the consumer wants to be, how do they want to be portrayed by their audiences, by their communities? Are you a fashionista? Are you more conservative? Based on that, we identify precisely the aesthetics, how the personal brand is being projected out there, what type of photographs, what type of content strategy we implement. The next step would be to identify the vision of the personal brand. What are the core values that define who you are and what you stand for? And how are we going to project those at their best, right? So along with the content strategy, now we have a strategy, a three months, six months, nine months, 12 months strategy. And we had identified precisely what the call to action is and what the goals and achievables and deliverables mm -hmm. are. And based on that, we create a content strategy. Now, of course, their content strategy will always change. 
change, depending on what happens on a global scale, depending on what happens in your industry, you have to consistently adjust and fine tune and make changes. However, the fundamentals can never change your DNA, who you are, your core values, your vision, your vision can consistently, I would say, reinvent itself and grow. But fundamentally, we cannot change who we are. And then the, the last element that we focus on, how do we create the best on camera presence? So okay. I work with my clients on defining precisely how they sit in front of the camera, how they interview, what type of questions they can accept, what type of answers, how they answer. I always say, and I know I, this is not the case now, but I, I encourage my clients when they go for an interview, typically up to two minutes, an answer because people sort of lose track of what you are saying if you're Absolutely. not staying on topic. And a very important element is stay on topic, right? People who are well-cultured, people who are well, very passionate, sometimes they just dive deeper into different right um, segments. So I hope this helps. And I know I went over the one minute no, it's, no, I it's a... to suggest, but this is just explaining, yes, how no, I absolutely. Uh, work with personal brands. Yeah, no, thank you for breaking that down. You know, I believe that most people don't understand branding. They don't really know what personal branding is. So um, you explained it very well. And I'm glad that we that I asked about the steps because people don't realize that it is it's almost I could call it labor of love, creating a blueprint for someone. Right. It's just going through every aspect to sort of incorporate and create something that actually is front and center. And my next question, actually, I was going to ask another question, but because of the way you described that so well, I want to jump into uh, it, uh, something that I think. OK, so I imagine that ideally a personal brand of someone, either they have if they have a company, a product or a service, the personal brand to me stands out first and it should have, it should impact the way they have decided according to their mission values, like you said, creating when they created their company, product or service. Uh, but I'm not sure if this is true for everyone. Is Have you ever worked with a client in which their personal brand maybe did not quite match the product that they're trying to put out there. I think with services and company mission, it's a little easier to have them match. But what if it's a product that doesn't quite fit the brand as uh, of the entrepreneur on a personal level? Have you ever dealt with that? I believe it can happen to all of us. There is a sense of confusion that exudes when you try to implement all elements, right? And especially there are a lot of serial entrepreneurs who are creating several businesses during their lifetime. And sometimes we resonate with a particular product or service better. I would always suggest to kind of teamwork, first of all, teamwork is what drives success. If you are not the perfect fit maybe to embody that particular product, finding the right person in your organization to be the face of this particular product or service might only help you in the long run. Think about one of my favorite entrepreneurs of all times, Kanye West, right? I consider him an entrepreneur because how he dives deeper in different elements, right? So mm -hmm. he, he's involved with fashion, then he does music, and sometimes there is a little disconnect there. Same thing with Elon Musk, right? He said it himself, maybe I should hire a marketing person. So when you are at that level of talent and, and genius vision, sometimes you cannot be the perfect fit for every product you are creating. So at that point, you have to decide either you don't care because 
your magnitude is already out there or you are going to find the perfect fit or the perfect person, either the brand ambassador or someone on your team that will take leadership. That being said, now, not everybody's Kanye West and Elon Musk. I would say it applies on a smaller scale and on the larger scale. I hope I um, answered your question. It makes perfect sense, actually. Um, I'm going to go back to, um, you know, you're very multi-talented, obviously, as a published author, you are a show host. And I wanted to ask you, as a show host, what would you say is your favorite aspect of having your IG Live with the show Authentically Bold and also uh, the new segment, Men of Excellence? What is your favorite part of doing that type of work? So I started in television when I was 19 years old. And I remember I was wearing suits. I was channeling Karl Lagerfeld. I was always dressed more like a boy, per se. Mm -hmm. And people would ask me, why don't you dress in a way that you stand out, like a sexy dress? And I say, because it's not about me. It's about the people. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that what I, the, the core, the defining core element of who I am, it's about highlighting the greatest skills and traits of the person I interview. When I meet someone there, I don't see people where they are. I see where they could be. I see their full potential. So my goal is at the end of every interview to make, to turn everyone into a superstar. Sometimes people don't realize how amazing they are. Wow. And if you pay attention, if you love people enough, your questions will help them to kind of highlight parts of themselves, they are not aware they existed. And I would say this is my greatest passion when I interview people. I just want them at the end of every interview to feel, I did not know that thing about myself. I didn't even realize I was that amazing, right? It's very important to highlight people. I believe that we live in a society where we are constantly being bullied, whether in a corporate world or as children, we are constantly being told and compared to others. Absolutely. I would say I'm a champion for people. I just I want that. people to feel like they shine because there's greatness in each of us. I really love that about you. I think that, you know, when personal branding becomes a part of mentorship, you know, because you are actually imparting to others things that they cannot see in themselves. And it's so important when you're trying to establish yourself as a brand to have someone who can have a vision over the vision that you already have, someone that can highlight, enhance it. You know, and I think that that is a beautiful part of what you do. I really love that. Um, from your end as a global brand strategist, does your own personal brand and style influence the way you take on your clients or do the clients get to choose you or both? I would say my sense of style sometimes made people not take me seriously. And I, I'm always very upfront and authentic about it. And sometimes I feel like they say, oh, it's that fashion girl. And when I go into a meeting and I talk about numbers and business strategies and business models and revenue generating partnerships and innovation, I see how people are sort of surprised. And while we should sometimes be delighted when we are underestimated, I truly believe that sometimes it plays against us because sometimes when people underestimate you, you might also miss on important contracts or deals because you are not being taken seriously. So I would say my sense of style, while it makes me happy and maybe in the world of fashion, while I was operating exclusively in fashion, it really allowed me to forge the most incredible partnerships and be supported by teams across, mm -hmm. I mean, in different countries. In my current role, it could be at times considered an impediment. 
I say okay. that with a heavy heart, of course. Okay. Well, and that's okay. I think it's a, it's actually a good thing to point out. Uh, and it sort of speaks to the fact that everyone who is out there creating a business or a brand or a product or a service, you're not going to be able to please everyone, correct? It's really sometimes you're going to fit in and sometimes you're not going to fit in. This is the world, right? It's all, it's for all. Um, as, as inclusive as we would like to be as a brand, there's going to be situations in life when you're not going to be made feel a part of it for several reasons. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Now, this is a yes and no answer. I'm going to ask you a question. And what I want to say, ask is, is it safe to assume that a brand, whether uh, whether it's a company brand, personal brand, product or service and personal brand, is it safe to assume that it can be malleable, seasonal, if you will, and that it can shift according to the growth or, or according to any changes regarding the client? So is it safe to assume that it can be malleable and seasonal? Meaning, do you have to tweak? Let's say you start working with a client or a company and you develop their brand, but along the way, six months down the road, might you have to adjust that brand? Might you have to tweak and do something different or yes. add another aspect to it? Okay. I thought 100%, it would be, yes. Yes. I think it would be based on what you, what you said earlier. Um, but it's interesting because in life, I think it's the same way. You know, what serves you, you know, what served you a year ago may not be what serves you today. So I kind of find a very, a parallel when it talks, when you talk about personal branding, I find that that, that is about when we, try to find ourselves, find out who we are, we're going to find that six months ago, we're just not the same person. And those things and those people that are a part of our lives may not fit in this season. So I, I like that. that. Okay. Andrea, I would like to, yeah, I would like to add something here. The world is evolving at such a tremendously fast space, uh, pace that we have to evolve very rapidly, right? Yes. And it's not only a matter of personality, our feelings change. Look what happens on the global scale. As a personal brand, even if I wouldn't want to change because of what happens in the world, I evolve. I might change my mind, my heart might feel heavy around certain issues. And then my brand will take probably leadership to change and implement certain changes in order to adjust, whether to support a cause or be against it. So I think considering how rapidly digitalization is just taking over our lives, it's, it's, it's just, um, it's not a choice. We must just go for it hundred percent. Absolutely. It's, it's a necessity these days, right? So now let's talk a little bit about your book, The Quest of the American Dream. American Dream. And what I wanted to ask you is when I read the synopsis of your book in regards to the American Dream, you speak boldly about a much needed revamped perspective as a country. As you mentioned, many aspects of the American culture that perhaps is in need of a little fine tuning. And I actually would love to read your book. I was not able to get a hold of a copy of your book. I'd love to read your book. The synopsis is actually absolutely tremendous. Um, my, my question to you is, what are your views on discrimination and limitation? I believe we live in a world that unfortunately, since we are born, we are already limited. Society beliefs and society standards are so unrealistic that since we are born, we are already put in boxes, right? If you are born in a wealthy family, you are already put in the box, right? If you are born, I don't know, in a, let's say, African country, right? You have a different skin color. And it's unfortunate mm -hmm. that society is packaging people just like product. Mm -hmm. 
right? Uh, discrimination exists on all levels. Yesterday, I had an incredible conversation with one of my business coaches, and we are talking about discrimination within the black culture, right? Africans versus African-Americans and so on. Uh, Spanish people from Europe versus right mm -hmm. Latina people in the United States. So mm -hmm. conflict and discrimination always existed since the inception of the world. It exists even at the level if you're tall or skinny, if why aren't you curvy? Or now, because it's in to be curvy, size zero is no longer in. Discrimination and conflict existed from the inception of the world. Now, due to the power of social media digitalization, because the information travels so fast, we are constantly in tune with conflict more than ever. Okay. Decades ago, things would happen, wars would happen, you would find out later. Now, because everyone has an opinion and it's easy in one second to just go on social media and hear all these thoughts, we feel like the world is more, it's worse than ever. The world was always, think about what happens with Egyptian, like I'm, I'm a, a huge fan of Cleopatra, right? She was basically uh, uh, the queen of the greatest and largest empire that ever existed in the history of the world. She built it based on conquering territories, right? So conflict, discrimination always existed. It's just not we did not have access to information and find out as quickly. Now, again, because we have so much product, the mass production, what okay. happens in the world with so many brands, so much uh, product, the market is overly saturated with lack of expertise, lack of credibility. Everyone wants to have their voice heard. So that contributes even more right now to highlighting the level of discrimination, the level of bullying and everything that we are witnessing out there. Uh, coming from an ex-communist country, I'm so protective of what happens across the world. And I share with my friends all the time, you have no idea what it takes to wait online for 12 eggs and one kilogram of sugar once a month. So those are things that we cannot eliminate. What made me sad when my book, The Quest to the American Dream came out, people say, oh, it's boring. It talks about communism and societal beliefs. This is not interesting. Maybe we might wanna watch a reality TV show instead of reading it. I wish those people would have read that book. They would understand what happens in the world today better. It's fundamental to educate ourselves on changes that impacted the world from its inception. It's, it's just a part of who we are. And if you look, some of the most successful people out there, they are aware of what happened in the world for centuries, for decades. It's a fundamental part of who we are and what makes us more human and more in tune. And also our enhances our ability to help others, help the world and bring our own contribution. Absolutely. I love that. And I wanted to point out that for those of you who are listening, and this is just a personal point of view, I believe that discrimination in itself is a limitation, but not all limitations stem from discrimination, which makes limitations extremely layered, right? It's very layered. And as far as your comment about, you know, people making comments about your book, now I read the synopsis of the book and I understand that because of your multicultural background, and I come from Brazil. So when we come from other countries, for some reason, the news that we receive about the world seem to be more accessible than what I've noticed here in the United States. So when we come from a culture, for example, I grew up in a third world country. I know what poverty is. I've experienced, I've seen it. It really does affect the way we perceive others and even the way we enhance ourselves and the way that we relate to others on all levels. 
even if it's something subconscious. So I really can appreciate your point of view on this. I definitely can relate. Um, and I, and I, I mean, based on what you said, I, I kind of guess that you, you actually have an idea of what would be a better perspective in order to, and for anyone to achieve the American dream. And I, and I hope that I will read your book as well. The synopsis is actually really amazing and I'm very excited to, to be able to read it in the near future. Um, your international studies in both Germany and Romania, right? And it's so impressive, by the way, you have a degree from the International Graduate Program in Political Economics and ABA in Foreign Languages and Linguistics, respectively, uh, Germany and Romanian, right? And then you, um, as a multicultural, how has your, this is what I want to ask you, how has your multicultural background in terms of your values, in terms of your values, have influenced the way you developed your own brand and your company, VV Global Partners. Are we frozen? Can you hear me? Oh, we had a, oh, can you hear me? I can see you. Oh, there you are. Can you hear me now? I can see you and hear you perfectly. Yes. Okay. Yes. So do so. Should I re, should I repeat the question? Did you hear the last question? I believe you asked how much my uh, international studies influenced my worldly view. Yes. Yeah, so when I when I mentioned about your your international studies, both from Germany and Romania, your background in political economics and languages and linguistics, I asked how has your multicultural background, but from the standpoint of your values, have influenced how you developed your own personal brand in your company, VV Global Partners. I am a firm believer that curiosity is my greatest gift. I think it's my my greatest skill. I love to learn about cultures. I genuinely love to study in depth and understand what differentiates cultures, how each culture contributed to creating an amazing world, right? What are, I would say, the core elements that define every culture and how can they blend in to create something meaningful. The world is the result of a multicultural approach, a worldly approach from all standpoints, right? And I would say it did influence me so much, not only in terms of having the empathy, but even more so the respect for every culture and understand to what extent every culture contributed to the tremendous world we have access to today. I feel that it inspires my world, my work. I am equally enchanted and obsessively in love with Elon Musk as much as I am with Tom Ford, with Mr. Lagerfeld, with Coco Chanel, with Ray Dalio, the finance guy, with Warren Buffett. I believe when you start appreciating people who come from different industries, different backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, different Mm -hmm. countries, you realize the magnitude of the impact we have collectively as individuals to bring each other's individuality, background, cultural um, elements, cultural influences, and just create the magnificent world that we are witnessing today. And when I say magnificent, independent of what happens tragically in the world, I'm, I'm referring to the evolution of the world in terms of civilization, having access to technology and so on. So putting aside, I just want to make sure I'm not being misunderstood because obviously I'm also wearing the colors. I believe in peace and everything else. So magnificent world in terms of achievements, independent of other, I would say, negative connotations. Thank you for thank you for that. Um, From a branding perspective, if you could give one advice, I know there are probably many, but one advice to young entrepreneurs, what would that be?
freezing um, again. I lost you for a moment. Okay. You say an advice to a young entrepreneur? Yes, if from a branding perspective, if you could give one advice to a young entrepreneur. Can you young hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Can, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, it froze a little bit there okay, from so me. An, an advice so to a young entrepreneur, right? Yes. Um, so your social media presence is your digital business card. It must be taken very seriously. We must have respect every piece of content out there, every photograph, every uh, comment we post under someone's picture should be at all times the best representation of ourselves. Right now, to the power of Google, people can find out everything. If you ever make a mistake, apologize. Don't try to conceal it or hide it. I think that's what I would say. Our social media, our digital presence is our digital business. It's our digital business card. Treat it with respect and think about this as being your ally and the best version of yourself. And if you ever make a mistake, just apologize. We are human. We don't owe it to society and people to be perfect, but we owe it to be straightforward and taking responsibility and accountability for our actions. Oh, wonderful. So based on that, I would like to read a quote that is on your bio that I actually saved for last because I think that it, it this, this says a lot about who you are as a person. And this is what I love about this statement. So let me read it to everyone. So you say social media is your digital business card. It is the vehicle to increase brand awareness and expand abilities to monetize our expertise. The emotional connector is our story a story of creativity, compassion, significance, and growth. This story becomes our brand story, the catalyst that brings us close to our audiences and clients in an organic and unforgettable way. I just love this quote. <laughs> I love it. Thank you I so much. It is absolutely, I mean, this, this is you. And I think that I... I if I had not known you or spoken to you before, and I read this, I can actually see that on your social media presence because it's the way that you approach uh, your clients when you do your interviews with the people of various backgrounds. I mean, you are an all-inclusive platform. I really love that. And you know, to be honest with you, I have a much greater respect and understanding for personal branding now. Um, and, and it's something that I was became aware when I worked with my own personal branding consultant and now I even appreciate it more and understand how fundamental and impactful it is for anyone who is out there. Um, one quick question that I have for you off the top of my head. So if somebody has a company, a product or a service, right? We think, okay, we need a brand, we need to. Now, what if you don't have any of those things? Is personal brand something that is important? And how would that look like if somebody doesn't, or maybe it's just an author, right? Maybe it's an author who wrote a book which fall in the category of a product, but what if, you don't have neither of those things. Is personal brand, how does it play a part in a person's life? Is it important? Is it necessary? I believe personal branding impacts all of us. Even the hiring process right now, I do work with a couple of organizations that are actually hiring people. In the hiring process, people right now go, whether they admit it or not, to your social media. They check, they Google you. Personal branding is no longer just for entrepreneurs or, or, or for personalities or for, let's say, people in the workforce. I believe that in the digital era that, that moves so fast around us, each of us should take pride in being a strong personal brand. If you are 
a stay-at-home mother, you are an incredible personal brand. That's your job to not only to give birth to amazing children, to ensure they are becoming amazing adults. The pride and the type of work that you put, the way you uh, raise your children, that's part of your personal brand. It's part of your story or DNA, what makes you tremendous individual. So at the end of the day, whether we want to accept it or not, each of us are personal brands. Now, to what extent we contribute to creating an amazing one is independent of whether we work in a specific sector, we have a certain product out there, or we are just a stay-at-home mother. There's so much, I think, originality in being a personal brand. And maybe I'm an idealist when I say that, but I believe all of us are personal brands and we can decide to what extent we involve ourselves and we make an impact in the highly competitive market. And the highly competitive market could be the stay-at-home moms, (laughs) <laughs> market Absolutely. right i mean there are Absolutely. amazing mothers out there so Absolutely. we have to take pride in who we are love ourselves enough and understand that each of us can contribute tremendously to enhancing the world on our own terms and conditions it's not how small part or big part we play in the world it's how impactful we are Absolutely. And, you know, I can appreciate that, actually, because, well, from a standpoint of being a stay-at-home mom, which I did for many years as a mom of five, I can appreciate what you said. But also remember that perhaps around, I would say around 2010, maybe a little bit before that, we started hearing the term mompreneurs. Women became entrepreneurs creating products to aid their lives at home. I myself created a product out of necessity. And I know many people in my circle who have done the same. So it's definitely, uh, you have an, a spectacular point of view when it comes to this. I'm glad I asked. I have one more question concerning, and this is more concerning a company brand. Um, let's say somebody creates a product and she hires people, the person, him or he or she, hires some people to work for, for them. How important it is for the employees of a company to be aligned with the mission and the brand from aligned to the mission of the company, but from a branding perspective? I believe that culture is the most important thing in an organization, right? If the team, the teams are aligned and they all fall in love with the same vision, they go into the same direction. At that point, if every person gives their best, you are creating a culture, right? It's incredibly, I think, important for brands to understand the contribution of each individual. Talking about Ray Dalio, he allows receptionists to sit in the meetings as well and raise their voice and their concerns. I truly believe that if you aim to have a successful business, you have to create a culture that respects your brand and shares the same core values, the same vision. If there's not a passion for the same vision, of course, we can all have our differences and they are encouraged, right? People are encouraged to come and maybe contribute and alter a bit the vision or challenge the leaders, right? This is how we become successful. But I believe that ultimately only shared core values, a shared vision, um, you know, and, and bringing all the skill set into a mix can create not only a tremendous culture, but culture is a tremendous part of branding of a successful brand, whether organizational brand or personal brand. I hope I answered your question. Yes. And I think further, I think that it, what ends up happening is the people that you work with who become a part of your team and, and, and they can have individually can have their own brand. But if they're working with you, they become your representatives. They're going to talk it up. They're going to behave 
in a way that represents the company. And I think sometimes this is why you probably see in, in companies there, are, I'm sure there's a set of rules that everybody kind of has to follow. You know, there is freedom within a company, but there has to be a sort of a structure that, for example, you can see in, in companies like Louis Vuitton, if you work for that store, everybody dresses a certain way. They want you to display a certain persona when you handle the customers and they create some sort of a model. But the people that work there, don't that doesn't necessarily mean they're completely immersed in the mission. But while working for the company, they have to support the brand. And I think this is such a such a great point. Listen, this has been an incredible conversation. I am really so impressed by you. And I'm so thankful that you agreed to, to take part in this uh, Love Most, the podcast journey with me today. Um, your uh, personal brand is absolutely wonderful to me. Bold. Uh, you are versatile. You are compassionate, kind, understanding. I see all of those things in you, you know. And even in it, and I love the word bold. Boldness to me is 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 so important. I'm Brazilian, so I guess that that could be a little bit a part of it. But thank you so much again for joining me today. For those of you that are watching, I am Dea, the host of Love Most, the podcast with Dea. Uh, we are on the second and the fourth Tuesday of every month at 5 p.m. EST. Love Most, the podcast with Dea is. Um, uh, brought to you by Live Mana Worldwide broad, uh, Multimedia Broadcasting Network. So, Virgilia, thank you so much for being with me today. It was such a pleasure, Dea, and I would just love to share one more thought with Absolutely. each of you. Everything in life that you do in terms of your profession, um, I would say always follow a method, a system. If you operate in an organized manner and i wanted to add this actually before have a system of execution have steps have a method track down the results if you work in an organized manner success will come we have to have a routine we have to help held ourselves hold ourselves responsible and accountable this has been such a delight i so appreciate you Dea. your questions were so thoughtful and you did so much research on me i'm truly I'm delighted and grateful to know you, to interact with you on a daily basis on Instagram, and of course, to be your guest, independent of the technical difficulties we had. I'm on the phone right now on my on my phone instead of my laptop, but it's been a delight and I'm grateful to know you. Thank you oh, so you, much. You absolutely rocked it. And I know that people were blessed by all of the information they received here today. How can they find you? I did put in your website uh, with vvglobalpartners.com, but is there any social media? How do they find you? So my Instagram, my LinkedIn, it's Virgilia Verjoge. I actually wrote it there. I'm on Twitter. I'm Vivi Global Partner because they don't allow me to put my whole name. It's too long. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm limited. But I'm also known as Vivi. I believe if you Google Vivi uh, because I added this um, short name to my LinkedIn profile, you will be able to find me this way as well. Oh, that's wonderful. So everyone go check and check her out. She's absolutely amazing. And I hope for those of you who are in need of a, a personal brand that you've learned a lot with this today. And perhaps look, uh, Virgilia Virjoge, I love your name. Uh, I hope you look her up. And thank you so much again for joining us. Um, and we'll see you next time for episode five of Love Most, the podcast with Dea. Thank you so much. Bye.